Hoovians, hop in your TARDISes. You're listening to another episode of Doctor, huh? Huh? They put the Ravagers in the show again? How'd they get out of their time stream? How did... What, what was... I don't know. I'm, uh... Oh, I forgot to do a nickname. I'm, yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm Jordan, and I'm busted down your door. <laughs> Here I go. I'm Sam, and I... Uh... Yeah? Uh oh. Uh oh. Come on. I'm Sam. Come on. There's an angel in my brain. I'm Sam, and the weeping angels have been living in my head rent free. There you go. That was pretty good. This week, we're back in flux. Our our podcast is in a sort of state of flux because we're watching Flux Season Series 13, which is the Flux Series Episode 4, uh, which is the next one after Once Upon Time, right? Mm-hmm. We're watching in sequence as as it was meant to be seen. Well, that's if we missed episodes one and two. I don't. Uh, th- <laughs> I don't know if I would call this watching in sequence. This is watching it the way that Chris meant for it to be watched. This is Village of the Angels, written by Chris Chibnall and Maxine Alderton, directed by Sir Jamie Magnus Stone. Hmm. I've decided. I get to. Do, <laughs> just, I get to choose. I get man. to. Cho- I just. I get to choose now. Thank you. Um. Well. This is the uh, this is the the fourth episode of Flux, um, and uh, how'd you like it? You can say you liked it. It's okay. You well, can say it was a fun episode. I mean, it wasn't, and I didn't. Oh, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was on track to be fun, and then it just didn't anything. It nothing. It nothinged. It didn't do anything. Jordan? It's part of a storyline. What are you talking about? Stuff happened. Almost didn't it? nothing happened from beginning to end. They were like doing a. There was a mystery. I literally have a list of everything that happened over the course of the of the episode, uh, and I'll just read it right now. Uh, Yaz and Dan get stranded in 1901. Yeah. The Doctor learns that the the division from last episode have angels that work for them. Yeah. They told her to come back and then meanwhile somewhere else and someone else bell found out about the passenger that's it that's everything that happens this week well she goes to a planet and she finds like the remaining like a like a bastion of 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 living survivors of the flux it was um, an they, hour-long episode that they see almost didn't advance the plot in any way uh the doctor turns into a statue at the end of it that's basically the only thing. I feel that like your line of logic that an episode needs to like aggressively advance the plot is well, how we end up with Game of Thrones season no, eight. No, 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 because I'm fine with an episode not advancing the plot when it's not part of Flux. But like, we don't really even know what Flux is. But my, it's the fact that we keep cutting, like, every 20 minutes we cut to the Bell and Vinder story that is so detached and irrelevant to the Angels thing. But we don't and know, then, but we, okay, I went back and watched Once Upon Time. First so of all, I, I want to, really quickly, I want to, I, what did I give that episode? I did give it, like, a D minus. Uh, it's probably a D minus. I'm gonna up it to like a C minus. I think it was. I think it was better on the second watch. That's but very generous. Like, but that is. I feel like right. I need. I feel like I need to. Uh, I feel like I need to like re. Here's my thought. You say it doesn't connect to the overall plot, but we don't really know what the. We haven't seen 
I'm unclear on what the division is. I'm unclear on how they connect to all of this. They're clearly important. They're clearly something that matters. It clearly has something to do with the fugitive doctor and her lost memories of her, her forgotten past. Right, but uh, there's we definitely and stuff the going doctor, on. we already knew but about we, that. But we, but we, nothing saying, developed with any of it. I mean, she got got by the angels at the end of it. And That's we also the didn't only know, thing that but happened. We also, we also don't, this cleric, this character, um, that shows up in, in there's this a character episode. named Claire. There's a ca- character named Care. And, uh, she showed up, and she was clearly from a previous episode. Clearly. I just feel like, I feel like I can't, I can't, I can't judge this episode on how, at least how it fits into the broader story until I've seen more of the broader story that sets it up. And that's kind of what I was thinking about Once Upon Time. It's like, yes, there was stuff in there that was dumb, but I think there was also stuff in there that we just had no context for. Maybe. And we would be fools to assume that- Where I'm that, coming from is- in Once Upon Time, I could at least tell when something is happening, and I'm like, well, I have no context for this, but that's something. There was just, like, almost nothing moved forward in this. And when you're doing a seven or a six or seven episode mini series thing, I feel like you need to be moving the plot forward. And I want to I wanna make this clear, because the reason that it bothers me that the plot barely moved forward at all is that... Besides that, besides what moved forward, it was just a ratcheting up of tension over and over and over and over. And then the episode just ends with the doctor turning into a weeping angel for some reason and being snatched away. So I'm like, you could have, this could have been a 40 minute episode for one thing, but like just everything that happened up to this point didn't matter Because it was all just the doctor being slowly backed into a corner. And then when when all the expectation is there of, oh, man, how's she going to get out of this one? It just kind of ends with them going, oh, she doesn't. Anyway, we'll see you in the next one. And we're not going to see them in the next one. We'll never see the next one. I just think if we if we don't have the broader context for the episodes, because we don't, we don't know who Claire is, we haven't seen her, we haven't seen the setup, we don't know how she got to 1960-whatever, 1967, uh, though I'm assuming it was that she got angeled. Yeah, uh, she, she said, no, she said that she got angeled. But, like, we don't know, like, where she came from. Modern we times. don't really know how the division fits into all this. And no, she said, a, she said that she was born in the 80s. Yeah, I know that. I That's why I said she got angeled. I'm saying in the previous episodes... I simply enjoyed watching this fun Weeping Angels episode that was a little bit better than one of the other Weeping Angel episodes that we saw. I thought the angels were pretty fun in this one. They were certainly uh, better than they were in (laughs) Time of the Doctor, which they weren't in, and uh, (laughs) Once Upon Time, which they were video game in. And then also, uh, whatever that, what was that one called? Flesh and Stone? I think that Flesh and Stone was better than this. I thought they were good in this one. I thought that was a fun episode. I also think that, uh, I also think that, like, the Weeping Angels work better in close spaces. Um, I think it's good. Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like the whole episode was, was just stringing me along and being like, wait till you're, this is gonna go somewhere that really cool, something's gonna happen, and then just nothing happened. I don't know. I didn't we'll get we'll that talk at about all. it. We'll we'll work through it as we go. Uh huh. I but, I, yeah, I I put I didn't down as a, I didn't hate it. I just it did very. I put this down as I I quite liked it. I thought it was pretty fun, and I'm actually like it got me interested in, in Flux a little more. I'm not like I don't think Flux is is in my uh is in my oh god 
I'm dreading this uh, tier anymore. I think I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I could watch more of this. I'm curious to see what happens next. I will say, um, I think a big problem that I have with Flux is that the storytelling of it is just god awful. I mean, rewatching Once Upon Time. But I don't time, know. Okay, what? Okay, Once Upon no, Time. No, 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 no. Let me say what I'm okay. saying for the love of Christ. <laughs> rewatching Once Upon Time, I had forgotten how fucking incoherently breakneck the pacing is. It is yeah. so hard to follow. And not because not because we don't know what's going on, because I get what's going on broadly. I get that there's been an apocalyptic event that has blown holes in space and time. Okay, fine. Just the pacing of it is so hard to keep up with. And then in this episode, again, there's like three scenes spread out through this hour-long episode, and they're each like one minute long. Of a woman who is completely unrelated to the events of it. I just think that it's poorly told. Okay? But and I know that we're not giving it the best I know. circumstances. I just I can't stress enough and I'm 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 this whole experience is like, man, we need to we, I need to be more aware of the fact that listen, if we watch episodes one and two, and I said before, I'm gonna try my very best. Uh, I said this off the podcast. I'm gonna try my best at just as a bit, like as a joke, that if I if we roll a flux episode, I have to watch all the flux episodes again. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. You don't have <laughs> you to have do fun. That. I think it'd be very funny. It's possible that I'm wrong, or it's possible that those missing episodes that we haven't seen don't make this story better. But I just think. For something that is is more of a complete self-contained story than any other Doctor Who that we'll ever see, right? Like this is not a two. This is a six-part sequential story, and we missed the first. We've missed half of it from what we've seen so far, right? You yes. have to. You have to acknowledge when you say like once upon time when I rewatched it last night. It's like okay, a lot of this episode is like non-linear. Like it's it's not good. I'm not saying it's like good. <laughs> I'm not saying, like, oh, Once Upon Time is good and we're, we were wrong, actually. But I am you saying... You upgraded it to an A+, but go off. Uh, what I am saying is that a lot of it was, like, told out of sequence from, like, the characters lost in their own time stream, and the parts of it that are actually, like, advancing the plot are, like, present tense. It's kind of hard to tell this, the what we're actually seeing. Not that that's good, just that it's not, like... Oh, this is moving at a breakneck pace. It's like a lot of the a lot of the runtime is the characters experiencing moments in their life out of time, including the stuff with the Doctor and the Fugitive Doctor. Right? It's kind of hard to see. I think where it all I th- fits if in. you think it wasn't moving at a breakneck pace, I it think you need to watch break- it a third time. <laughs> it was not that it wasn't moving at a breakneck pace. It's that the story of Flux itself was like there was a lot of it that wasn't like adv- it, quote unquote advancing the plot or whatever. But yes, I do think that if we haven't seen the first half of this story of the four episodes we see, and it's hard for us to say where things fit in, right? Can you at least acknowledge that? Oh, of course. I, okay. you know, obviously I don't have the full picture, but what I do have, I think, is leaving a lot to be desired. Shall we get into it, please? Uh-huh. Um, uh, previously on Doctor Who, Vinder and Bell and their as-yet-unborn child I are love looking that for line. each other. Our beautiful as of as yet unborn child. The doctor met, uh, this wasn't in Once Upon Time, at some point in Flux, the doctor met a woman named Claire who says, we will meet in the past. Then there's a time storm and the angel is in Yaz's phone and then the angel has the TARDIS. We go to 1967, England. Uh, Claire 
is being interviewed by a psychologist named Dr. Jericho. Uh, she's plugged into a polygraph machine, which he is currently trying to... Uh, calibrate? Yeah, calibrate, that's the word. Uh, so he asks but, her, like, the, the control question, which is like, what's your name, what's your birthday, and what year is it? And when she says, like, when she says her birthday specifically, and when she says what year it is, uh, it, like, freaks out the polygraph. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah, and he's like, well, that's weird. That's not normal. Meanwhile, outside, uh, there's a priest who finds a note that says, leave now. I don't know what that was. I do. Oh, okay. Uh, the townsfolk are looking around for a missing child named Peggy. More They're all, like, that. walking around with, a. Uh, Old-timey megaphones. Uh-huh. Which I it's thought called was funny. <laughs> it's when you yell and it's your mouth. Uh-huh. Um, he asks her... This is when we go back to uh, the uh, Jericho and Clerico. Uh, nice. And he asks her what, what her birthday is, and she says 1985. I mean, 1935. And he's like, huh? Well, I... Uh, he says, oh, I must have misheard. I guess the recording caught it. And then she starts going all nuts, and she says, it's happening, and her pupils dilate, and she gets a distorted voice, and she says, the end begins again now, and there will be no escape. The angel has the TARDIS. And then we watch a weeping angel pilot the TARDIS, and let me tell you, they are having so much fun. Look at them go. Do the weeping angels have a superpower that allows them to turn the lights off for a second? I think so, yeah. I think they could, like, control- I think they- can somehow exert their will on electronics i'm not that's sure. very inconvenient for everyone who's not a weeping angel but yeah, yeah. <laughs> the lights are flickering on and off as the angel like teleports around the tardis console pushing buttons and pulling levers maybe the is... doctor is just flicking the light switch i love watching the weeping angel pull the levers and stuff uh, and it's just the lights are flickering just fast and uh, like you don't obviously you don't see the angel moving but you do see it like you do see what it's doing vaguely, and it's just very funny, and it made me think about, like, watching a weeping angel, like, make an omelet or something. <laughs> uh, the doctor pulls some cables out of the TARDIS wall. I didn't wall. understand this it at all. It doesn't Yeah, matter. that's fine, that's fine. This is the they doctor. They basically say, what are you doing? Doctor's and she says, trick. something. Don't worry about it. Eject then, quantum life form, reboot TARDIS. Did you, did you catch that? The rebooting the TARDIS? It rang a bell. This like, is what they were dealing with in Eve of the Daleks when they're stuck in the time loop, is that the TARDIS is rebooting. Right. It basically is the writer's way of saying they can't uh, they can't TARDIS their way out of this one. Yeah. So she has to reboot the TARDIS, which kicks the angel out of the TARDIS. And uh, this, I, I enjoyed this uh, bit, which is that they're in the 1960s now, and uh, this is when the phone box is from, so we see uh, two people trying to use it as a police box. There should be more of that in Doctor Who, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, I I wonder if it ever happens in the classic episodes that were set in the 1960s. Once an episode, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> William Hartnell forgets that his TARDIS is a TARDIS, and he tries to call the police on it. So they meet an old couple, uh, Gerald and Jean... Who suck? They are bad, and, and they're looking for Penny, but they they Peggy. are doing it Peggy, and they're doing it in a shitty way. <laughs> they're being really shitty about looking for their lost niece. They're looking for their lost niece, but in a way that I don't respect them for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Doctor's sonic screwdriver gets very spicy. Yeah, I didn't really understand why. 
I don't know why, because, like, it's very common for the screwdriver to, like, lead her to a signal. I don't know why this time it had to burn her hand. It was just really, really making sure she got it. I just remembered, we we didn't mention that when Jericho is uh, doing Claire things, he mentions something about the premonitions that she's been having. Mm-hmm. And we look at some of her drawings, and oh, there's a drawing of the angel. TARDIS... But there's also a drawing of a weeping angel, which we know is a bad thing to exist because that's an angel. When did we learn that? Did we learn that from Once Upon Time or did we learn that from uh, from Flesh and Stone? I think Once Upon Time was pretty explicit about it because there was a lot of them jumping between screens. But also in Flesh and Stone, there was the one that was like trapped in Amy's eye and there was the one that was like on oh, their yeah. computer screen. Killer Queen. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of that in Flesh and Stone. Okay, just making sure. I feel like I think... This episode has given us the complete Weeping Angel lore. Uh, I wanted to ask you about that, and I guess mm-hmm. it's up to you if you want to confirm or deny oh, I'll, or I'll conf- just I'll, con- I'll confirm it, because I think I know what you're going to ask about. It was the part where, because when the angels touch you, in this, not in Flesh and Stone. In Flesh and Stone, they were cracking bones, right? They were cracking necks. I yeah. remember it. Maybe those were different in the way that they they... were like Pete's World Cybermen. I don't know. Yeah. But the angels, when they touch you, you get sent back in time, which I think I had heard that. That sounded familiar when they said it here. Um, But we learn that if you are already time displaced and you touch an angel again, then you turn to stone and explode. That piece of of lore I don't think I knew – Okay, that was what I wanted to ask about because okay. it's like, I mean, it's fine. I don't, I don't mind it. I don't it mind makes, the idea. It like that... kind of makes sense to me because it's like they're stealing your life away from you, like literally by eating the rest of your life. And then yeah, there's a it... part where one of the characters is like, nobody survives the angels twice, and I was like, that's that's fine. I think that's fine. I think I'm fine it's, with that. We're, like, why would and honestly, like, why would the if. If you get angel twice, it's because the angels are coming for your ass, right? Like they want you dead. <laughs> or I will say, can the angels you know, time travel? Or was that just like <laughs> I'll I don't know? Didn't they you, say like, in Flesh and Stone that they had a ship? I think we. I kind of they are we, aliens. Yeah, I can. Yeah, they are aliens. I kind of think we saw their ship this week. That big stone thing in the in the cemetery. oh maybe I thought that was like their ship, but um. Yeah, it is weird to think about, like, because I would have assumed, like, oh, the angels touch you and they send you back in time. I imagined, like, to the beginning of the universe or something. And you no, like, they see- send you, they send you to whatever primordial, like, island uh, Crasco, the time traveling racist, got sent to. They make you fight Scaroth the Jaggeroth from City. But in this, it's like it's not that far back. They send you, it seems like they, they, they send you, you to meet your grandparents. Yeah. They send you to a place where no, you don't know where anybody is. I also think that the, uh, the weeping angel sending you back in time, uh, is an incredibly funny pu- punishment and fate for a monster, uh, that is on a show where the main character has a magic time machine that can go anywhere <laughs> in the world. I know, I know people are like listening and I bet they're going to say like, they're good. They're they. There's like, oh, but actually, there's an episode where I know I've seen it. I know. I just think it's funny. Okay, but now now that you've said that, Blink is definitely going to be a bad episode when we eventually get to it because I'm just going to be thinking that the entire time. 
oh no don't don't touch don't touch the angel martha the doctor will be inconvenienced and have to go pick you up what if what if it was like <laughs> there's like an episode of i don't know there's a john pertwee episode where he's working with unit or whatever and then all of a sudden uh david Tennant shows up and he's like ah oh, shit i got weeping angel can you can i just hop in your tardis real quick can you take me back to can you take me back to the to the 2000s please thank you it's like in uh in sea of thieves <laughs> when you're on the like ghost ship after you die and someone else shows up and you're just like hey hey yeah we'll we'll, we'll respawn in a sec yeah yeah just gonna stand here awkwardly and look at each other. Okay, so, uh, do we say that the, the, yeah, the, the, the shitty couple is looking for, for, uh, for Peggy, a, mm-hmm. a child, a 10 year old girl. Yaz um, is a cop, so the doctor leaves yeah, her I, and Dan to help. Every time I remember Yaz as a cop, I, I like her a little bit, uh, less. But she's like an epic cop. She's a nice cop, and she's, she pulls people system. over and gives them Christmas gift cards. <laughs> she's, she's she's changing the system from within she'll she'll get it um we then see uh this old woman mrs hayward uh in the cemetery uh and the priest is there and uh yes the priest accuses her of he's like i know that you're the one who's been leaving leaving those notes notes that say leave now at everyone's houses right 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 and she's like You'll you'll understand when you, you count, to count the, the gravestones graves. here in the cemetery. And she's like, he he's like, uh, all right, I'll humor you. He starts Crazy counting. Crazy old Mrs. Hayward. Uh, Jericho uh, is interrupted in his studies of Claire by the doctor. Uh, this is where the screwdriver was leading her. She shows him the psychic paper, which in this case says Institute of Psychic Investigation, which is kind of funny. Um. um that's when he he introduces himself, and then she's like, "Ah, Eustatius, what a great name! Thirty three points in Scrabble. Wait, I can't do proper nouns." And then I think she name she name drops like several times in the. It is it is her number one character trait of Jody uh, mm-hmm. Doctor is that she's just always talking about the famous historical figures. Socrates would know. Socrates would have let me play that name. She she would have said in the scene that I made up. She um, says so. I can't I can't remember whose name she said, but yeah, she. She definitely said some some historical figure. Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. She's being quirky. Uh, she notices Claire and says, oh, hey, it's you. And this is where she finds the drawing of the weeping angel and uh, throws it, or she like tears it up and throws it away. And Claire runs out the door and goes to into the bathroom. the bathroom to wash her face and when she looks back up at her reflection, she has stone angel wings. This shot should be studied in every class. <laughs> um, so then we're back outside with the priest counting the gravestone, and he says, ah, there's an extra one. Oh, no. And it's a big angel. <laughs> and then he gets sent back in time. Whoops. You know the really cool thing about the weeping angels is that they never run out of that go-back-in-time potion. And now this is something because I, you know, we've we've seen some inconsistencies with the with the weeping angels and how they work. Oh, for so sure. So I, I, I thought that this was one of them, but it turns out that this is actually something. Is that Mrs. Hayward is watching and doesn't seem concerned about the angel nearby, and it, it doesn't seem concerned about her either. Mm-hmm. More on that later. Um, so you think Yaz maybe and Dan, the angels just break your neck if they're pissed. Hmm? 
Do you think the angels just break your neck if they're pissed? Or maybe full? They don't, they already ate all the time. Energy. <laughs> full. They're stuffed. They couldn't have one they're, more bite. They're like trying to burn some calories. <laughs> they just go, they go on a ship and break everyone's neck. <laughs> they, bu- they crunch, they crunched bones so hard. I thought it was maybe even in the title of our, ep- of that episode. Like I have to, I have to. I think uh, our episode was called Bones, bones Crunching. Bones Crunching. Yeah. And I was just like, did I make up the, the weeping angels breaking necks? No, I think I think they did that. I, I'm, I'm no, not... Bishop Bishop got crunched he got for sure. Crunched, yeah. Uh, Yaz and Dan go with the couple, and they're trying to find Peggy. She's ten. If we didn't mention that, that'll be important later. Um, and Yaz is. This is where we learn that they're like not great as guardians. <laughs> yeah, uh, is that Yaz is like okay? Can you tell us anything like where Peggy usually plays? And Gerald is like, oh, there's this field that she plays in sometimes. He he gives her something and says, like, you can contact me with this. I don't know what it was. It's 1967. It was his cell phone. Oh, he's a time traveler. Maybe it was like a whistle or something. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it, was a, it was one of those uh, old-timey megaphones. That it was a stone tablet. Mm-hmm. Um, write on this and hold it up. Uh, and he, yeah, he mentions like Peggy is our great niece. We, uh, her parents died and we've been looking after her ever since. And Yaz is like, is there anything else that you know about her that might be useful for us? And Gerald is like, no, she's a 10 year old girl. What else is there to know? And they just like storm off. I really thought it was funny when, uh, they asked where Peggy plays and, uh, and I don't remember which one. It's just like. Oh, she plays out in this field, or maybe this uh, uh this other adjacent field. <laughs> you can God, find her. I was you born in the wrong her. generation. <laughs> you can find it. Uh, that was what I was thinking. I was thinking, oh, this is this is the this is what they did in the sixties. They just went into one of two. You have your choice of one of two fields to play in, whatever that whatever <laughs> that means. Just just hanging out and smiling in the field. A chicken in every pot and a child in one of two fields. <laughs> Look, there's, it's easy to find her. Just check one of the two fields. <laughs> uh, Dan is like, okay, these people suck. This is, what, just... this is what we had before Facebook. <laughs> My generation will be the... F- what was the one that's like, I envy the generation that is the first one to grow up with field. And it was, oh, field, it was... Born too field. late to run around no. in field. <laughs> it was... Field taught me how to be in the field, <laughs> and Field 2 taught me how to be in another field. Field 1 taught me how to wheat, Field 2 taught me how to corn. <laughs> Dan, it's like, these people suck, baby, Peggy just ran away. In 1967, this was our teacher, this was our other teacher. <laughs> I would go to school, I would go to church if this was the, if a Field was the priest. <laughs> The field was If the this pre- was the priest picture of Scarecrow. <laughs> there was a Scarecrow in this episode, and I thought the family of blood was going to show up for a second. Oh, I forgot about that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Yaz and Dan uh, notice a Scarecrow in the distance. Or do they? Yeah, it's a weeping angel. No, Jordan, they don't. It's a we- I love how quickly it goes from being a scarecrow to being a weeping angel. And it's I like, like that. I mean, why even ask the question? Was that scarecrow always there? Oh, sorry. You know, coming out of my mouth, I guess I, I guess I realized how stupid that was to say when we're dealing with weeping angels. They didn't know they were dealing with weeping. Oh, yeah, they did. There was one on their ship right at the start. They thought maybe it left. 
I don't know. I mean, not to mention they were dealing with them in Once Upon Time. At least Yaz was, I guess. Dan yeah, they were in a there. video. Sorry, game. Dan. Dan was just dealing with his uh, his love interest, I guess. How many times do you think we've seen Dan? Four? Three. Four. Wait. This is Three. the third is the... time we've seen Dan. I love Dan. I'm or no, I'm a... sorry. Four. This is the fourth. You're right. This is the fourth because he was in... Uh, he was in uh... Once Upon Time, Even the Daleks and Legend of the Sea Devils. And this one. Yeah. I love Dan. We love to see Dan. Apparently he's not very important. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's only in one season, I think. He's not in. He's not in very much of it. <laughs> but we, he's I in one it. season and a short season. The Dan that burns the brightest lasts half as long. I hope he never burns. Please don't burn Dan. Don't burn Dan. Leave him alone. He needs to live long enough to kill one hundred sea devils with a sword. Well, the good news is we've seen it, so we know he will. <laughs> I feel uh, safe. Anyway, the their flashlight starts fucking up. The clouds cover the moon. It gets dark. The angel gets them. You know how it goes. Cut to Belle. Hey, it's Belle. It's Belle. And she's... Can I tell belly- you? Yeah. Can I bell you? Bell me, yeah. I learned about, at the time as Flux was airing, there were some theories about Belle. Hmm. And I didn't look into them too much because I didn't want flux spoilers. But did you know that there were theories that Belle is the master and their beautiful as yet unborn child is the doctor? Oh, man. Now, how did... <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't look into it anymore. I'm fascinated to someday have all of this context. I mean, or we'll finish it and we'll find out that that was true. But What is, like, is the implication that, like, Vinder and the Grand Serpent and all these guys are, like, Time Lords? And they're like, this is on, that's on Gallifrey. <laughs> I don't think that's what they. I don't think they. I don't think that they. I don't think that Gallifrey had a Grand Serpent because I know that. Uh, I know this because uh, Seventh Doctor was the pre- was the president. I feel like if uh, if all of this was happening and the Master and Vinder, uh, uh, Bell and Vinder were Time Lords, there would maybe be a little bit more discussion of Tardises <laughs> between them. Well, and not just like I gotta get to my regular ship. Anyway, Bell is here. Bell is uh, here. She, she goes. Is... She goes to the honeymoon planet that her and Vinder were gonna honeymoon on. Yeah, uh, which is Love called Yolan Nine. Which sounds a little bit too much like it's called the planet Pisano for my taste. It's it's Pisano. It's, it's Pisano. where she and Vinder were gonna honeymoon, but then they didn't. It got all fucked up. Um, um, we did. I think. I don't remember. I think that this is the first time that we've gotten really an idea of like how much the flux has fucked everything it's up. It's basically because, fucked up the whole universe and there's like very few stars left, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, like this planet, uh Bell is startled by a man uh named uh yep. Namaka. That's who, not his full name. But Namaka Ost Parves Poe is you. his name. He's a Raxacoricophalopatorian. Uh, and he uh he says like, oh welcome to Pisano it's the it's the closest thing we have left to a planet in this quadrant. We've got a quarter of a sun, a third of a moon, and half of a planet to our names. Do and I was like, oh, I didn't say- realize that Flux was like blowing planets in half. Oh yeah, the planets are the p- planets are gone. Uh, they're they're on their way out. Uh, That's because- surprising considering the number of planets we've seen Bell land on so far. Like three or four. She was going to a lot of planets in Once Upon Time. Well, listen, a lot of them have been taken over by one billion Daleks and one billion Cybermen and one billion uh, Weeping Angels and one billion... I love, by the way, I was rewatching this because, you know, 
oh, there's this whole thing. It's like, oh, the, the Daleks are taking over, like, giant parts of the universe and the Cybermen. Mm-hmm. And then the Santarans, who... I know the Santarans yeah. are like a guy or like a thing, but we I, have seen on our experience of the show, we've seen one Santaran and he's funny. Yeah, like I know that they are recurring antagonists and threats, but I have such a hard time imagining. I mean, even we actually saw a couple in Time of the Doctor and they were like driving a comedy tank. And right. They were like, yeah, they oh, good heavens. Like, we're about to die. <laughs> They're funny. I'm not scared. I have of these a very guys. hard time imagining them as threats. Anyway. Um, They're the reason that so much of the galaxy of the space is going away is because they they keep taking over, moving in, and then just blowing it all up on accident. So Bell shows him a hologram of Vinder and says, have you seen him? And he says, no, but he might be at the next coalescence. And she says, what's that? And he says, well, there's a, a helpful person. We don't know her name, but she comes around to this planet occasionally and she takes people to safety in in big big numbers. I haven't been lucky enough to go with them, Maybe but today. I'm, I'm hopeful about this time. She's she's pretty suspicious, as mm. it turns out, she should be. Um, we uh, go back. We're back in 1967 with the Doctor and Chris Jericho, the professional wrestler. I say that what because they have this? because his there... first name is Chris Jericho's last name. It's just I just wanted to make sure I made that clear. I'm confused. Chris Jericho's last name is Eustatius? No, his name is Jericho, Eustatius Jericho. Oh, wait, is the, oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Great job. Maybe, maybe the doctor, Chris Jericho is Eustatius Jericho's son? The doctor finds a rock and a pile of broken glass on Jericho's floor, and this is never followed up on. Did the angels just huck a rock through I this guy's window? I think the angels were being belligerent after a football game or something. I think they were, because I was, like, waiting for the storyline about, like, oh, the local townspeople hate this guy. It never comes up, so I assume that the angels threw this rock. The angels the angels have the rock. Oh, no. Um, I was annoyed at this part because the angel doesn't work the way that it's supposed to, because the doctor is looking at this angel, because he opens the front door and there's a bunch of them, and the doctor's looking at one of them, but then the camera pans around, and he looks away, and we're looking away, and the angel moves, but the doctor was looking right at it. That shouldn't have been possible. Guys, she, get it together. Did she blink? No. I think the doctor should always spray, carry around a little a little spray bottle, just in case we we big angels come by. And I th- I'm surprised, and I eyes. hope that it comes up in Blink, or Blink's not going to be a very good episode. But I mean, it's easy; just close one eye at a time. I think about this every fucking time I see an episode with the Weeping Angels. It's not though, fun to do. Though, it's it's not as pleasant as blinking. But just but do what it. if it's what fine. if you don't, what if you there's like that tiny lag you have you do have both eyes closed at the same time. Well, that's why that's why you hold them open with your fingers. So then you can very carefully, and I'm doing it right now as if that does anything for what the I'm podcast. What I'm doing is winking, doing opening both eyes, and then closing the other one. So I know that they're always... But the thing about the Weeping Angels, Sam, uh, to be fair, is that they're very good at making themselves unobservable, even if you try, because they can just turn the lights off on you. Or turn the sun off. Yeah, which is bullshit, and I don't think they should be allowed to do that. I think it would... <laughs> I think it's a little OP, if you ask me. They should I don't think that's guys. fair. <laughs> it's not very nice of them to be able there to is a part that. that i really liked in this where the angels start like vibrating a tunnel that they're in and it's like making dust fall on them and the doctor's like they're trying to make you sneeze 
I loved that so much. The idea Legitimately, getting, I think that's great. Getting got by a weeping angel because you had to sneeze is incredibly funny to me. Uh, so, yeah, the the they lock the door and they start locking all the doors of the place. This is where she explains what the angels are. If they touch you, you fly backwards in time. They, quote, feast on the quantum energy of your unlived life, which doesn't mean anything, but that's fine. I don't care. Do you um, think if, uh, okay, here's a question. If, like, if they get a guy who, like, really sucks and doesn't really do much, is that, like, a, is that, like, a light snack for them? Like, <laughs> if you, if, if they, if, if they find a person that, like, I don't know, grows up to become the president and has a hundred children and, and, like, six wives and seven husbands, is that, like, a f- Christmas dinner for an angel, but, like, a guy who just sits around and plays, like, uh, uh, League of Legends all day? Is that like a, oh, I, I, I need, that was not a satisfying meal for me. Do you think that when the angels for like their, find... Sorry, for like their, I need to stress, for their entire, entire natural life, they do this. Do you think that the angels, if they find like a hundred year old person, they're like, fuck, That's, we missed yeah, it. They, they, do they just go around, they should just go around eating, I mean, this is edgelord of me, but like, they should just go around like to, to like hospitals and just grab the babies, right? Yes, but it has to be modern hospitals because if you go to you go, if you right. go to ancient oh, hospitals, no. those babies okay. are all dead anyway. Okay, all right, okay, sure. They were just what? waiting for. They were just wait. Like, oh, in I'm the sorry, Middle Ages. too too soon for the frontier babies. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay, we're just really going all in on dead babies. I didn't. Know I'm just we were saying, medicine has advanced. I didn't know we were doing dead baby humor in 2023 anymore. I don't. I don't think that that was quite what I was doing. But whatever. Okay, I thought you were saying. Okay. Uh, okay. Angels are attacking. Oh no. Oh, is this what she asks for? A TV. Grab a TV. Yeah, she says, uh, Jericho, get your TV. Take it into the basement. Uh, there is a part. You know. I guess because we only ever see the angels frozen in place as statues, it's it's hard to imagine what they're doing when we're not looking at them. And I know that's part of what's supposed to be scary about them. It's, but it's also how we get moments like this, where one of the angels starts ringing the doorbell. <laughs> I, I love imagining them doing these things. <laughs> we found out in Flesh and Stone that the angels can laugh. Yeah, I mean, also in, in this I episode, one of the angels just straight up talks to Professor Jericho. That um, a weeping angel that in the Chibnall era, the backpack era angels, um, they gave literally the angels, no backpacks in this episode. They had three backpacks. Um, in they uh, and Bell had a backpack with a, <laughs> a, 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 a well, a, that might be true. A pregnant woman is just a human living backpack with a front with pack, a fetus. but whatever. Yeah. Um, that that's some Ken Bone gave, shit. <laughs> beautiful human front packs, a beautiful human fanny pack. Um, <laughs> God, that uh, that oh, I'm sorry. What I said was so objectionable. Mm-hmm. That uh, I've been trying to say this point for like a minute now. That they gave you the ever think about angels, oh my God, the scene in the church from the Secret Life of the American Teenager <laughs> every day. Um. They gave the Weeping Angels a sound effect, like a scary, iconic trademark. It's like, it's like, it's, it's, it's like the one from, uh, it's like from Into the Spider-Verse, like the Prowler Elephant, it sounds like. But it's just like, I don't know if that's supposed to be just like a, 
a scary noise or if that's supposed to be diegetic, like the weeping angels <laughs> are making that noise. Uh, but they are ringing doorbells. The angels they're, are here. <laughs> they're just textually, they're ringing doorbells and they're throwing rocks through windows. So mm-hmm. they're more like ruffian children. They're, they're a little bit rascally with it this week. I like it. Dare I even say, I think they might just be wascoey. <laughs> Definitely, if they if if one of them has a slingshot, they are being upgraded from rascal, downgraded from riddle, little rascal to widow rascal, for sure. <laughs> uh, so the the doctor starts like wrapping something around the banister. She starts on the stairs. We we find out later that it's a camera that she's attaching to the banister, um, and. Claire, as they prepare to go to the basement, the uh, doctor, uh, Professor Jericho goes down, but Claire, she kind of hangs back and she says, Doctor, after I had my first premonition before we met, I started looking online for stuff about this village because I, I knew that this village was important. And she pulls out a, news ca- a newspaper clipping and she says, everyone in this village disappears without a trace tonight. And it also happened to this village in 1901. And I think she says that after it happened the second time in 1967, the military military just, like, paved over it. Yeah. They were like, this place sucks. (laughs) It's actually, nobody disappeared. Everyone just decided at the same time to leave because they hated Uh, it. The doctor looks away from her for a moment and a bunch of sand pours out of her eye. That seemed really unpleasant for the actress that they had to make her do that. Um, uh, and as we all know, statues are always shedding sand. Mm-hmm. We go back to 1901, and Yaz mm-hmm. and Dan are here after the angel touched them. Uh, they're in the same, the very same field that they were just standing in, but now it's 1901. Their iconic and field. Yaz, I think Yaz says, like, well, at least there's no dinosaurs. I would have... Listen, they go back in time... The angels touch it. That's really what they do. They sent you back to dinosaur times. And also, once again, I can't stress this enough. Uh, Crisco, the time traveling racist, is back there. He's still around. He's eating big T-Rex steaks. And he's still mm. just ruminating on how racist he is. And he hasn't learned any better. Um, but they will think, have hold to. On, hold they on, will hold have on, hold to, on, hold on. Yes. Sorry, it just occurred to me that our boy Ryan in the Doctor Who episode Rosa effectively weeping angels the villain. <laughs> yeah, she except he didn't gorge himself on Clasco's Cl- uh, life energy. But that makes no difference to the victim. Yeah, I mean we don't really know where or when or when in. Uh, when in time he got sent to, I mean, I mean maybe he just He got to... sent back, like, ten years yeah, in no, did, was Alabama, it like, and he was like, well, I'll take it. He fits in. He became the bus driver. Um, <laughs> oh, God. But, like... Did no, they... that was Graham. <laughs> I fucking forgot about that. That actual thing that definitely happened. No, but, like, if you send someone back in time... Like, is he just for, is, is it like to the, once again, to the primordial state of Earth that Skaroth the Jaggeroth came to? And it's like, you know, there's no liquid water and he just boils himself alive or whatever. Or is it like he shows up and he just has to like rough it in the woods? I think he just has to rough it. I think he just has to rough it in the woods. It's like Arthur Dent in, uh, I think it's in the third book where he just becomes, a, he lives in caveman times. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, okay. <laughs> they they meet uh, Peggy 
she's, she's here. She went back in time, and she's pretty cool. Uh, they they go into like this is this is where we they're in the village and everyone's gone, just like uh, Claire said like two minutes ago. Um, and they find her, and then they they like they sit down and just start buttering some bread. Yeah, and Peggy explains why she's not scared, which is that the angels. They made everyone else disappear. They they sent her back in time to 1901. They sent everyone in 1901 back in time to who cares. But they told her sort of telepathically, we're not going to we're not going to do anything else to you. Just stay in the village and don't go beyond the sign. And they say, what's beyond the sign? And she takes them down that the road space. out of the village to the sign and beyond it is outer space. I thought it was a cool effect. I like to see it. Yeah, it looked cool. I enjoyed it. It was cool. Um, I like the, and the idea Peggy, of Peggy, commun- in a very, like, detached, calm, sicko sort of way, is just like, interesting. The cliff into space used to be further down the road. Yeah, Looks I don't like know why. Closer. I don't know why Peggy is, like, Arya Stark for some reason. <laughs> I don't know, like, what. I guess maybe just from growing up in a loveless home with these two awful... Uh, parents or odd that they made Maisie williams play her even though she was older than she was so uh, old when she yeah, was she's, lady me she's like 20 something years old and she's just like i'm a 10 year old girl interesting <laughs> space is being is eaten and she on. also says that the angels put the phrase quantum extraction into her head yeah that was uh uh yeah um we're back with gerald and and <laughs> gerald and gene um and they're like approaching the area with this they're approaching the area with the space sign right yeah in in 1967 (laughs) yeah but they hadn't discovered space yet so they're really really well i thought this was i thought this was a cool visual effect because in 1901 the camera looks at the like cliff that terminates into space and it like whips around and when it finishes swiveling we're back in 1967 where it turns out They've also got a cliff into space at the sign. Yeah. And I think we I think the sign like topples off the cliff, which is fun. I did like that. Uh so yeah, Gerald's grumbling about Peggy, and Gene finally is like, I've had enough. You're the worst uncle. Why maybe she ran away because you suck ass. Maybe she ran away because I also kind of suck ass because I let this happen. Um and I married you, and I wish I'd never done that. I'm getting a divorce right now. And, and then weeping. Santa comes in and says, how much do you wish that? <laughs> and the Santa is a weeping angel because a weeping angel is there. And then he gets the get, gets, we see him get got by the angel. Uh, because and it's, it's, it's kind of wild. Cause I don't know if we've ever seen someone get God before where he's just mm-hmm. like, what's this doing here? This is a funny prank. Let's take this. Yeah, back. Who, this- who put this statue here? And, and he's like, well, I'm we're let's move it back to the church. And yeah, Gene is like, you're not going to be able to pick that, pick that thing up. And he's like, well, someone else must have to put it here. And yeah, he just like squats down to pick it up. And the second he touches it, he just vanishes. And yeah, I don't think we've ever actually seen it happen before, huh? And then, and then, uh, and then Gene, uh, also gets got. Mm-hmm. She didn't know the rules. She and had once again, Blake. Mrs. Hayward is here watching, but the angels aren't going after her. She's smiling and she's nodding. She's not smiling. She's, she's just watching stoically. Um, we're back in we're back in the in the basement with Chris Jericho, and uh, the doctor has rigged up a TV. She says this is risky, um, and it seems to me, doctor, that this is not risky. This is just 
a bad idea, but she's basically created like a little CCTV angel monitoring station. Mm-hmm. And she tells, uh, and she tells, uh, she tells Jericho to keep an eye on it and watch the screen. But this is risky because as we all know, and she sa- she says it in like a Bible verse. I don't know why she's not like, she doesn't say like images of angels are also, can also become angels. It's like, she what says, holds- for the Lord declared that the image of an angel. She says like, that which holds the image of an angel unto an <laughs> angel can becometh or something like that. Uh, also, she says. Yeah, I mean, I understand her plan. The plan is we've only got one entry point. Rather than freezing them in place, like in the doorway, let's set up a camera to freeze yeah. them in place at the top of the stair. It, you know, yeah. It, it's it also kind um, of helping. She also says that the image of the angel rule is like they can do it with enough effort. Like it's not a. It's but also like what is effort for a weeping angel? For me. It kind of just feels like if the Weeping Angels want you dead, you're probably fucked. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of trying to understand, like, what are the angels, like, internally? They're just, they're just are guys. Are they people? I don't, I think they're just, like, guys. Are Like, do they live lives? Do they, they have, have internality? Weeping, they have Weeping Angel little children, and I mean, we know they're they're a little bit belligerent, they're a little bit, uh, they're a little bit impish, they throw rocks through local neighborhood windows, and- I just don't understand beach. what their society can be like, because if they look at each other, they get stuck forever. <laughs> That's why I wanted them always it's like, to It's like, oh, them. oh no, uh, Daryl looked at- <laughs> Meryl and and then all the other angels have to like close their eyes and like sort of maneuver it like a like a plank between the oh two my of them god to I just remember I just remembered that they did the ducking trick in this episode they did the classic trick that works every time well it didn't it literally didn't work this time <laughs> you can't beat an angel um uh yeah so that which holds the image of an angel is also an angel and uh at that moment the image of the angel on the drawing uh reassembles itself and then like a uh hologram like a, a of an angel starts emerging from it and yeah and the doctor the- sets the paper on fire and then the angel projection just turns to an on fire angel <laughs> which doesn't like do anything but it's just scarier i yeah. guess yeah She's so like, the wow, doctor that's puts worse. out the fire, and then I think she, like, crumples up the paper, and the angel disappears, because it's no longer an image of an angel, fair enough. But also, tearing um, the image of the angel into pieces also makes it no longer an image of an angel. Oh, yeah. I don't know that. So whatever. why did that... Yeah, why did uh, the letter whatever. Mary Poppins uh, itself back together? Okay. And Claire finally says, I think I know why they're here. They're here for me, because I'm one of them. And she pulls up her sleeves and reveals that her arms are turning to stone. You can turn into a weeping angel now. It's fine. And she, huh? I said, you can turn into a weeping angel now. It's fine. Well, actually, it's because because, um, she had a premonition of a weeping angel. And because she had held the image in her mind, that which, as we all know, um, in... uh, in Romans uh, 2.19, that which holds the image of an angel becomes an angel. I cannot stress enough, the plot of this episode is that an angel is living, living in her in head, head rent-free. Rent free. Uh-huh. And then she the thought doctor... about one so hard that it got stuck there. Oh, oh my god. This fucking part is wild. Also, where... the, I know you want to say what happens, but mm-hmm. I do want to say first, the doctor talks about this like it's a thing. She's like, <gasps> you're a percipient. You're a percipient. Which is a person who thinks about a weeping angel, I guess. I'm not sure. Um, 
several insane things are about to happen. The first of which is when, uh, when Chris Jericho says, I don't mean to keep saying Chris Jericho. I hope you know that. When Jericho, I, I don't believe you. When Jericho, uh, says, I'm unfazed by weeping angels because I seen some shit during World War II. Sir, yes, sir. He, like, stands at attention and he's like, what are my orders, it doctor? Plays, it plays the triumphant trumpets from Rosa. Um, and then the second thing that happens that's absolutely batshit, and I was, when I rewatched Once Upon Time, I realized that maybe the way, like, I think that we didn't realize it, but the way the doctor, like, opened up the time stream was because she was standing on one of the Maori... Mori platforms that they like use to control time or something. I don't what know. What the way. fuck ever? I know. I'm. I'm just saying. She did a thing that she. Why is she able to do that? Uh, why is she able to enter someone's mind? <laughs> why can she? Why can she do? Why can she psycho? I thought the same thing. I was like, is she literally going in there like Raz? But then she just like grabs onto. To, All right, Claire. We're gonna have to take you to the brain tumbler. Like why? She says, I'm going to have to enter your mind. She just and, says and that. And I'm, in my I'm head, like, I'm thinking, first of all, I'm thinking, that's stupid. Second of all, I'm thinking, what device is she going to, nope, she touches she, Claire on the forehead with her hand. See, it's funny because I know that the doctor has several psychic things. She has psychic papers, there's psychic circuits, telepathic circuits, but none of those things are contained within her own body. So I guess this is just a secret doctor power we've never she's seen She's a fucking before. psychonaut. She's got all her merit badges. But she's not a psychonaut not because she doesn't go in there she stands there i mean i guess we That's don't see true. her little she doesn't little, she doesn't put a little door she doesn't use Claire's a little forehead. door because she says i'm gonna enter your mind. oh and by the way jericho always on that grind set is like no i need to put my my polygraph sensors on on your head i love the idea that being a scientist and researching stuff is being on your grind set <laughs> he's like this is this is a once in a lifetime opportunity can i just take some readings i hope i'm none on of my th- grind um, yeah, he's on that science grind. Uh, so she just touches Claire's head, and now now we cut to, like, uh, a, a, beach. a rocky they're, beach, they're on the- not Bad Wolf Bay. No, 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 this, this is, is Death Stranding. One. This is Death Stranding, is what this was. No, it doesn't look be. anything like Death Stranding. It does look like Death Stranding. It's a really gray, like, murky beach. No, it's light. It's a light gray. Death Stranding uh, is a dark Death, gray. Dark gray, yeah. Yeah, it's a very important distinction. Uh, And there is an angel standing there with its hand on Claire's shoulder, and it's like talking through her. She recognizes it, like visually. Angel Bob. This one's cracked, so that's why it's and it has uh, this whole fucking episode is cracked. Am I right? (laughs) It's bonked. So yeah, she's like, "You're the one who hijacked the TARDIS," and it says, "Yep, I did that. I brought you here." Uh, and I, I brought you here to ask you for help. I, I had no choice. Uh, I'm, an, I'm a very nice weeping angel, actually. It, it, she accuses this angel of being the one that sent Claire back in time to the 60s, but it says that was not me. When she was sent back into the, into the 60s, I was already in her head, hiding from the rest of my kind. Because they are working with Tom Clancy's The Division. Um, yes. Now, this is a good point to get into this. I didn't want to talk too much about it before because <laughs> that'd be way too early. But the division in Once Upon Time is that the- was the cool squadron that the Doctor and not Dan and not Yaz and not Vinder were with. And yes, it was the was fugitive doctor. doctor in the Doctor's lost memories was going on a on a mission with three puppy dog soldiers, right? And they had I- laser axes. 
And yeah, they were like going to fight Azure and Swarm, the Ravagers. Yeah. Uh, So now we know that the there are some weeping angels who work for the division. So maybe the the doctor's like, what? The division is there's more to the division than meets the eye of the of the parts that we haven't seen of them, which is cut to more bell. Um, it's the co- it's time for the coalescence. There's like a huge crowd of people, but not that huge because most of the people are already like dead. Um, and uh, and the guy whose name I didn't write down and don't remember, Namaka so or Namaka, Namaka is like, okay, she this is where she shows up. Now you're gonna wanna uh you're gonna wanna leave uh some space between you and the next person, or it won't happen. And I. Then- uh-huh. thought in that moment i was like oh my god it's gonna be a weeping angel it's all coming together but it's not a weeping angel just shows up and it's like have you ever seen the tim robinson sketch the pointer brothers no you ever seen the point oh okay it's just a weeping angel comes up on stage and then just starts goes into the crowd and just starts touching as many people as it as it can <laughs> to send them back to before the flux no uh azure one of the ravagers who's uh uh this She's got like crazy ass like galaxy makeup. I'm not sure what like is going on with her face, uh, and her like eyes. And I I, I dig it. I dig the aesthetic. Um, sure. She she shows up and she's like, "I've got a ship that'll take you to safety. It's an unkarate choppable man." <laughs> yeah, she pulls out the infamous passenger, which is the. It's like an infinite space prison. It like looks the, like sort of a golem. It's, like the, it's the thing arc. that got karate chopped and it's, 500 million people it's died. It's like the void arc that held all the Daleks, except it's different because it looks like a dude and you can karate chop it if you want to. I, you know, rewatching Once Upon Time, I could not believe because I remembered that they karate chop a passenger and then and they're then like, no, you, you like, just killed 500 million people. Yeah. I, I could not believe the part where. They karate chop it, and we cut to the other division members outside, and they're like, one of the passengers is down. We need to stop them before they destroy another. And then they destroy another, and then we cut back to the division guys, and they're like, they just destroyed a second passenger. That really sucks. Ah, crap, damn it. Uh, Fuck. But also, wasn't there like a a ruse about we snuck a secret trick passenger Yeah, one of the the Maori are in one of the... Anyway. They're not called Maori. What they're were they? Ma- they're Maori. Is it? <laughs> I thought it was like M O U R. Yeah, but they pronounce it Ma- Maori. Is a is a is a. Is oh, a, I know. I know okay. that Maori is a word. I, I, I thought that these things were also called Maori. But <laughs> they just named them after a real group of people. Whatever. They've got aliens called Italians. <laughs> they do. That was that was what they. That's what they. Were it's a classic with. era adversary. Uh. The the Santarans and the Italians. The doctor, the doctor hates Italians. It's like the opposite of the Ice Warriors. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Azure like appears in front of this huge crowd. Everyone cheers for We're her. We're gonna get you out of here, guys. Yeah, get she gives the, them a little the speech, and she says, uh, "I, I will bring out this thing called a passenger. It's going to take all of you inside, and it'll transport you to a galaxy untouched by the flux." Yay! But Belle hears the word passenger and she says, I've heard of these things before because I was in the army and that thing is not transportation. That thing is a prison. The the karate chop the hell out of that thing. I will say, to argue in favor of Azure, obviously we know that she's evil, 
But if you wanted to, it would be a really use, easy way to move millions. Of this millions would be of a people. great way to get refugees to safety. To be you honest, you just have to make sure nobody karate chops it because the thing—it's a real glass. It's really fragile. <laughs> yeah, but she easy. was the one who karate chopped it. So well, I know, but it's just, just like don't you do wouldn't want to do it on accident. That's true. When I was in like sixth grade, I accidentally pulled the fire alarm. Like totally on accident, I pulled the fire alarm. Um, so how, how? Actually, sorry. Let me correct the record. I was in eighth grade, and it was because I was trying to find a room that I needed to go to for a project I, I had to do first eighth grade to like graduate. And I was like, where on the map is it? So I pointed at the map, and as I was pointing, I moved my finger across the lever of the fire alarm. That's right. I think you have told me about this. I think I told this on the, maybe even on the podcast. And then I, I think did it might have been on Jurgen. I feel I like mean, it was and a then long I did, time I did, I did confess my sin to the vice principal, and he said it was very appreciative <laughs> of you being honest. So, thumbs up. My point is, and if then you I... And then you were awarded best was boy. Awarded, and everybody in the audience clapped. I... If I could accidentally, with one, one, with the power of a single human finger, make make all the children leave a building and make the fire department have to show up and waste their time, one could, on accident, karate chop a passenger and kill six million people. I mean, I'm constantly, like, throwing my phone at my own face. Right? So. Right? It would be easy to do on accident. I'm just saying maybe put it in, like, a box or put some armor around it. <laughs> oh, oh, put it in another, oh. po- uh, put it in another passenger and then <laughs> put then, that passenger but, in another passenger. But then the, the passenger is the problem. The oh, passen- shit, you're right. Yeah, okay. So Bell, like, grabs Namaka and pulls him away and is like, that thing sucks, don't go in there. And then uh, they go under the passenger beam. They just lay down on the floor and it goes over them. And Namaka's it's fine. It doesn't, pissed. it doesn't get him. Namaka's pissed. He's, they're the only two that didn't get got. And Azure's like, oh man, well, tell the next guys to wait here for the I for did, I did back. like that Azure, who we know to be a villain, is like, hey, hey, it's okay if you're a little nervous. Like, it's fine. Uh, you're, you're welcome to come back next time and come with us. And hey, tell everyone you meet. To come here. <laughs> and then Namaka's like, this was going to be my time. Fuck you. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And he leaves. I do like, I'm assuming that like, this is how Azure is gathering up hundreds of millions of people to, to hold have them hostage, as hostages. Yeah. Is, is just hopping from planet fragment to planet fragment and being like, come on guys, I'm taking you all to a pizza party in space. This is the, this is the fucking, uh, like, no, like oiling is, up her karate chopping shoulder. I was going to say the passenger is the, is the no crime dairy queen for monster factory. <laughs> um, so okay, we're back yeah, with Yaz, uh, Dan and Peggy in 1901 or 1907 or whatever. It yeah. Was. They're back inside the village, but the sort of space edge cliff thing is starting to close in around them now uh they see one of the weeping angels and who should arrive but gerald and gene and peggy and says like, don't get any closer don't turn your back on the thing but gerald's like don't tell me what to oh, do I you love stupid this little part. girl my favorite thing here is dan being like no if you walk in front of the angel you can't see it and you'll be blocking our view so we can't see it and then he does it and then the angel turns him just gets him and he dies but he yeah, doesn't this bone is, crunch. This is where he gets exploded to stone, as does Gene. Yeah. And um, Peggy doesn't really care. I, here's, here's the thing, okay? Uh-huh. And I, I'm not saying this to be critical of Mandip Gill 
and her performance as Yaz, which I think is by and large good, even if Yaz doesn't get a lot to do. I don't know why. I think that she's just one of those actors Mm -hmm. who can cry on command. Yeah, I didn't know why And they must know that and be like, you gotta cry cry all the time. Because she's not, like, crying, crying. She just has one tear, like, just coming down her face. Right, there's just, like, there's just, like, a stream of tears, but she's not, like, crying. Her face is just crying, and they, I don't know why they made her do that here, because it just seems weird. Not twice, I didn't want to do it twice in an episode, but is it possible that it's a chiral allergy? (laughs) (laughs) She does have hands. This is a Death Stranding reference for anyone who doesn't know. God, I love Death Stranding. Yes. <laughs> Wait. There, there appeared to be tears this, running down your face. Is this not the second episode in a row where we've done a Death Stranding, like you get a call from You can use die a hard. piece of tissue paper or perhaps a hanky to wipe them <laughs> this away. This is the second week that we've done a Die Hard Man joke. I know, right? We need to be stopped. Don't open me up to it or I'll do it. <laughs> you had, anyway, they're dead. Uh, Peggy doesn't really give a shit. Uh, she's just like, they were never nice to me, whatever. And then she, um, she, they didn't let me play in, in the third secret, really cool field that I always wanted to go to. Also, um, she says, you can't get got twice, or the, this is where we learn Yeah, that that's rule. where they say that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jericho is still watching the TV screen, uh, the doctor is just standing there touching Claire's face, the angels start banging on the door, the screen turns off for a second, when it turns back on, the angels have all disappeared, they are now at the doorway at the top of the stairs. This is where they just start talking to him. And I, okay, we, in, in Flesh and Stone, and I don't know how it works in Blink, I, I, I'm i just saying, in Flesh and Stone, there's the angel named Bob, angel Bob that is talking to the doctor over the radio. Yeah. And I didn't really know how to feel about that, but I think the important thing with that is that it's sort of a very flat, monotone voice that sounds very detached, and it doesn't really feel like it's coming from anywhere, and it doesn't really feel like it connects with the angels. There's that weird sense of divide that I think makes it pretty effectively creepy, whether or not I actually like that it's happening. Mm -hmm. And here, Jericho's voice starts coming out of the TV, and it's the angels talking, and they're just like trying to get in his head, literally, haha. But they're like, you can't protect them, blah, blah, blah. And like, okay, fine. But then he destroys the TV, meaning that their their only point of entry is the stairway. And then they just start talking to him just straight up. And I found that very strange. There was a, uh, a radio that you could see. He was holding Like, it. I don't know. I, I guess I, I assume it's telepathy. We know they can do that. I don't know. I just, I, it feels very odd to can just you have consider the, the Can you consider that maybe they just, they just, they just talk with their mouths, but only when you're not looking at them. I don't like it. Anyway, uh, there's a, a, a badass moment that happened in the, in the next time on at the end of Once Upon Time where he stands and he stands firm with a with a stiff upper British lip, and he says, "I'm not blinking." And they go, "Oh, what if we make though. you? What if we make you sneeze?" Uh, so meanwhile, the polygraph machine starts drawing, drawing an, an angel. Yeah, angel. no, it didn't really didn't really like that one. That doesn't make any sense. But Very okay. silly, and also does not come up later. Yeah, the, the angel doesn't like... It's just, It's just. I guess, showing you that it can do that, I guess. Wow, that's really cool. Oh, no. 
Uh, back in the dream brain world, whatever, uh, the doctor asks the angel, what do you know about the division? And it says, I was part of the division, as were you. And the doctor's like, don't, don't talk shit. But again, this is one of the things that bothered me about this episode. She already knows that. She knows I'm, that she was part of the division. I'm having problems. She doesn't know, like, the... But she doesn't, like, know what happened. She doesn't know the circumstances, she had, but she knows had, for a fact that when she was the fugitive doctor, she was a member of the division. Yes, but she has, like, she's got stolen memories, and that's a little freaky for her. Also, yeah, just I like... am having so much problems with... I just, I can't stop thinking about... M- much like every day of my life, I can't stop thinking about Tom Clancy's The Division. <laughs> they needed to pick another name for these guys. They could have called them the... Police. Question. Mm-hmm. Because the doctor worked with the division and now she has stolen memories. Yeah. Is that what happened to Captain Uh-oh. Jack Harkness? He worked with the division from Flux? I think I mean, probably... I assume the division exists in other times I think besides he... this. I don't think it was founded for Flux. I You don't th- you don't think this is like a Flux original thing? I don't know, because he said he was a time agent. Jack Harkness? I don't think I think that's, that's what I, he said in The Doctor Dances. I don't think the Division was around before Flux. I think that this is a creation for Flux, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, I'm I not I'm not I'm not entirely I do like that, trying to argue that I think that's what happened. I'm just saying it sounds pretty similar. I do think that he was part of the Division. Okay, me too. And uh <laughs> that he liked to get his penis out. He um, did like to take his penis out. So, but only as the, like a joke. It was he was <laughs> just <laughs> having just, a laugh. The Doctor the doctor uh, oh, says, what do you have that the other angels are so scared of? And it says, knowledge. Have you ever seen Chuck? <laughs> have you ever seen Kyle XY? If you I have. Seen, if you haven't seen Chuck, have you seen Kyle XY? Okay. <laughs> You've definitely seen either Chuck <laughs> or Kyle XY. <laughs> there are two paths any person can take. So either it's the knowledge that Chuck has, or it's the like secret Zizix file, the secret Latinoc file from Kyle XY. Yes, the angel says that it has all knowledge of the division and its history, including the doctor's lost memories. And I will tell you what you want to know if you help me. And then the doctor wakes up in the basement and says, why am I back here? And Jericho says, sorry, I threw a cup at your head. (laughs) I love that. I wish we could have seen it. Such a great moment. I'm sorry, the weeping. I needed more eyes on these guys, so I had to. Also, that means that he couldn't look. He's probably just been like hucking stuff he at was her. Doing, he was doing like TikTok trick shots. Yeah, he's like, I've been just throwing shit at you, and I finally managed <laughs> to hit you with something. Look at the floor, and it's covered in playing cards and ping pong balls, <laughs> broken cups, silverware. <laughs> she wakes up, and you just hear, "Let's fucking go!" <laughs> yeah you're going to go viral professor <laughs> nice it's just like i know we're trying to kill you but that was a really good throw <laughs> nice so uh Respect. yeah she wakes up and uh this part is so fucking stupid and this is something i've complained about before on this podcast is uh-huh. the way that sometimes the writers, they need the doctor to be smarter than everyone else, but they can't figure out a way to lift the doctor up. So instead, they push everyone else down so that relatively she's smarter than them. 
This is so stupid because he's like, why did we barricade ourselves in a place with only one exit? And she smugly is like, well, There's if you looked at the floor plan on the wall in your own basement... You would see the secret door? The se- No, it's like ba- boarded up? Is it boarded up or is it like- It's a boarded up secret tunnel. She says like the last person who lived here must have been a real rapscallion. And there's a tunnel that goes out to Lover's Lane or something like that. And he's like, I never thought to look I at the- knew there Why was is a there a- tunnel. There's like a hand-drawn floor plan on the wall of his basement. You don't- I mean, I've never had a basement. Maybe that's normal. I just- I just don't understand it. It just feels like, why can't, why does he have to not know about it? Because the doctor just needs to be the smartest one in the room. It's stupid, whatever. She smashes open the wall while he watches the angels. Oh, she says she reverses the polarity of something. Yes, this is word for word, a third doctor catchphrase original. Uh, She says, I'm reversing the polarity of the neutron flow. A classic techno babble. And by the way... Have we talked about that phrase before? I think so, yeah. Uh, apparently Pertwee used it twice, but it became so iconic that in the in the modern era, they just started using it over and over. I think, yes, it, it's it's like, uh, it's like Beam Me Up, Scotty. It was, where, yeah. But, but also, to be fair, they are always reversing the polarity of things. Right, but they're sci-fi. doing it because of... I think it originated with the third doc. We've probably talked about this before. Is so it specifically? On, is it specifically reverse the polarity, or is it reverse the polarity of the neutron flow? Because I, I feel like other doctors. I believe it. that it is reverse the polarity. Originally was okay. A just the thing. the entire concept of reversing the polarity. My God, my God, as like a piece of techno babble. I'm pretty sure. You, I'm pretty what sure. Have you um, anyway. Uh, so this part is really stupid, though, because the thing that she's reversing the polarity of, the neutron flow, is that while Claire and Jericho leave through the tunnel, she watches the angels and she had actually before they leave, she has them put his like headset sensor things onto them. And then she uses the screwdriver to, quote, give them a quantum headache by like blowing up the polygraph machine. The effect of it. Is, is nothing. Nothing. We nothing never, happens. like, see what this achieves. She's basically just hurting two weeping angels or something. Right, and there's, like, 20 of um, them. So, like, what does this accomplish? Nothing. Um, She's like, well, in- if, I, if I'm if i going down, I'm going to kill as many of you as I can. I mean, she did one time, uh, back when she was Matt Smith, she did chuck a bunch of them into Gallifrey, I guess, now that we learned that that's where that hole in space and time goes. <laughs> I don't know if I ever, I don't remember if we thought about that when we talked about Time I, of the Doctor. I just, I I felt the word, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about it when I said it, and then I felt the words form in my head and I, in my mouth, and I said, wait a minute, wait, he did send those weeping <laughs> angels to Gallifrey. Oh no! Deal with this, Gallifrey! <laughs> He didn't that's know. Why he they didn't were, know. That's why they were asking the question. They were, Doctor, what the fuck? Why did you do that? That's right. The full question. It was actually getting cut off. Doctor, who the what fuck the do fuck you think you are? Sending ten weeping angels to Gallifrey. We had to set up so many mirrors to stop these guys. Which we did, and it worked perfectly fine. I mean, half they're of actually Arcadia, really easy to deal with. Half of Arcadia is gone, but we did deal with it. So they all go down the tunnel. The angels start banging on the door as soon as they close it, of course. 
Uh, and as they go down the tunnel, they notice that there's just angel arms sticking out of the walls <laughs> because I guess they were buried here. Yeah, I Question don't understand. Um, I think that's related to the 1901 stuff because we then go back to 1901 and Peggy takes them to the same spot, but in 1901. And she's like, I, I learned about this in history class. They said it was a burial site, but I was here yesterday and it just appeared out of nowhere. And they there, there's another another cool visual effect where like there's just sort of a wall, like a portal kind of thing across this field where the daytime 1901 becomes the night the nighttime 1967 mm-hmm. that looked pretty cool i liked when dan chucks a stick at it to yeah just it disintegrates you can't go through you, you the can't portal. go through it um and then uh an old old the old mrs hayward appears and and uh and and uh she's like i remember seeing the strange old woman because it was me and I was you and I've been I'm this Peggy whole, I'm in Peggy 66 years. And that's I had why to they... live out my life in 1901. Well, not all of it in 1901. So when... what happened is that the year actually advanced with time. When but... um, people started moving back into the town that just everyone disappeared in it. And, and, all the and there's a little girl there's there. A little and girl she's there. like, don't she's worry like, about it. I'll be fine. Can someone I'm please normal. A- can someone please adopt me? Then take me to the field. <laughs> any any Haywards? This is this uh, is like this is like River Song when she was uh, Rory and Amy's best friend. How did she end up here? Who raised her? Somebody. <laughs> when and how did they? How did she move? How did she end up in the same town as her parents? If she reincarnated in New York, whatever. Um, so Mrs. Hayward gestures behind her. And in 1967, this quote-unquote burial site has been unearthed. It is a gigantic, like, stone. slab of stone. This is, I've, this is, I think it's like the angel's ship. I don't know or if that's something. true. I kind of thought for a second that it was just this giant piece slab made of weeping angels, which would have been cool, but I don't think that's what it was. But it would have been cool if that's how they get around, is they all just, like, interlock. But they close their eyes. <laughs> That would be really, really cool. Now, this is a a, a stupid moment of, uh, like, kind of pointless writing that didn't really work for me, which was that... Oh, that the Weeping Angels are, are Volpe's, uh, uh well, what's his name? Look, Volpe's I don't Inculca? mind Inculca, whatever, yeah, from Fallout New Vegas. I don't mind the thing. What I think is silly and doesn't make any sense is that there has been suspense this whole time about like why is peggy safe and mrs hayward says i remember what the angels told me in 1901 they left me alive so that i because they're cruel and i would be the witness who tells the story to other people but like peggy would know that because she had already been told this so why were they like keeping it in suspense why didn't peggy just tell them that who is she supposed to be telling that to is the people who moved back into the village. Yeah. Was she just like, guys, there are these weeping angels and they're such sickos. And Basically. They're... But this is this is where you asked at the beginning of this, why was she leaving these notes? She was trying to warn everyone. Right. Of the the night that she disappeared as a child. That's right. She knows that that's what everyone else is going to disappear. That's right. 
I guess I don't know how she knows that, but I get. I guess she knows that there's some angels there, so there's going to be more. But back, back in the tunnel. Oh no! Light, light go out. Lights go out. Oh no! Close, don't cl- close your eyes. Don't cl- keep them open. And then uh, this is when dust dust strats start emerging. Yeah, this is this is when the angels start shaking their pepper their shakers new, at new, them. <laughs> their, their new tech that they've invented. Yeah, pepper and dust to make uh, Jericho sneeze or whatever. Actually, no. He gets dust in his eye, and then he wakes up and he opens his eye, and he's in 1901. Oops. Yes. Also, Claire gets out of the tunnel first, but yeah, Do you the think doctor the is people... now alone in the tunnel. I mean, this is honestly the fact that the Weeping Angels send you all back to the same time is very nice of them to do because it just means they can repopulate this. <laughs> they can repopulate the town. All the people. I mean, not um, Jean and and Gerald. They're dead, but like. That's true, actually, because we do know from Claire's <laughs> newspaper clipping that everyone in the village disappears on this night. So apparently the question of, like, so wait, this village was just completely, like, abandoned no, in an instant in 1901? Like, why would someone move back in? They were fucking moving back into their own houses. <laughs> did the did the priest? Well, no, they were moving back into their grandparents' Right, but I mean, it's an old village. Like, these are all probably the same buildings. It's not that much time. It's 66 years. They built an Aldi there at some point, though. But did, did, did the, there was a priest who got got by the angels earlier, right? Did Uh he get, is he here? Did they just not talk to him? Is he just walking around? They seem to all be like calibrated and set to the same year. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's, it's nice of them that they didn't send Jericho back to, to the primordial dinosaur times where I mean, it's pretty funny from Jericho's (laughs) perspective because he gets got by one of the angels and pops out maybe like 10 feet from, it's the fact that he appears right next to the portal. So from his perspective, they basically just teleported him like 10 feet. I really liked when I tried to say, (laughs) I almost said Klasky Supo. Is the name of the time traveling race? We probably said that in the episode. Oh, almost certainly. Uh, but yeah, Jericho he appears next to this portal and he's like, "What the hell?" Anyway, it what looks like that's hell? where I came from, so I'm just gonna walk back through. And Dan's like, "No, you can't. You gotta live the rest of your life in, You're gonna in, the, be 19, here now. in the early 1900s." And he's stiff upper. He's like, "I will do this with honor and pride, and I'll fight in world. I'll fight in World War One for sure. I will assassinate. Uh, I'm gonna go start a. I'm gonna go start a a, a, a military school for really cool." boys to learn how to fire uh vickers guns i'm going to i'm going to found a group called the black hand to get the ball rolling <laughs> just to start the. i need to make sure uh just like in that one uh awful harry potter movie i my new enemy my new goal is is to make sure world war ii happens <laughs> <laughs> we must protect world war ii at all uh, costs actually, and that's not a harry potter movie it's a fantastic beast movie i think it's called like harry potter presents <laughs> Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Crimes of Grindelwald. Crimes of Johnny Depp, colon, a Harry Potter production. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm done talking about Hey, do you ever Potter. think about how in the third movie no. they recast him as Mads Mikkelsen? He got better. His face yes. got better. Anyway, uh, so... <laughs> so, the Doctor... This, is, this doesn't make any sense... Because the doctor is like, she's the last person in the tunnel. Claire is gone. Obviously, Jericho has been sent back to 1901. And the doctor is like, okay, I have to turn around to leave the tunnel. Don't get me. Don't get me. 
Why don't you walk backwards? Why can't there you stairs. walk backwards? There were stairs. There was a double dare obstacle course to get She's out of like, the She's like, I have to turn around. Am I going to be fast enough to outrun the angels? Now, Jordan, I haven't seen Blink. Correct me if I'm wrong. No. The answer is definitely no. <laughs> but Very the, specifically, no. Whatever Rapscallion built the secret tunnel onto the Double Dare 2000 obstacle course. I'm sorry, I almost <laughs> said obstacle course. That's not what it is. Uh, are you going to try to go... Th- I have to go through the Ninja Warrior course to get out the other side, and I don't have the talent to do it backwards, so I have to turn around. Yeah, they, they her- look through the portal and they're like, my god, it's a gigantic blue plate special. <laughs> she put a bunch of She put a bunch of banana peels on the ground. To stop them, and that really... But she doesn't... They they just let her leave, right? Yeah, and we'll find out why in a second. But yeah, she turns around, she runs out of the tunnel, and she's very surprised that they don't follow her. Um, And she climbs out. It turns out that the tunnel exits in, like, right out of the stone structure thing, whatever. Um, And she just sees all of her friends watching her from 1901. And yes, it's like... We'll explain it a bit. Don't try to go through this portal, though. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and Claire is standing with the angels on top of the structure, and she starts delivering a message from the rogue angel, which is, they'll wait. They're enjoying watching you work it out. I want to see you solve the puzzle. Um, so Yaz asks the doctor what quantum extraction means, and the doctor realizes what's happened the village has been isolated from time and space to extract their target. Now, I don't know if that's a thing that the division can I do. I think it's a division thing, yeah. I pray that that's not just a thing that the Weeping Angels are capable no, of, I think because that a, would be a little much. I think that's the whole point. That's like the... I, I would assume that this is like division tactics, and that's why it's supposed to be like, oh no, they're doing division strats. Oh no. And, uh, she offers to, like, negotiate a deal between the rogue angel and the others. But the rogue angel's like, oh, sorry about it. I already made a deal. I played you. Ha ha. This was my plan the whole time. I used this human as bait, knowing you would come here and get trapped in the quantum extraction. And there's only one way that this is gonna go. Doctor... You have been recalled to I thought the you were gonna say I thought you were going to say Dr. Bai, and I'm kind of disappointed that you didn't. Well, that's not There's what they said. There's only one way that you, this could go. Dr. Bai, and, she, and then she turns she, into a weeping angel for some she reason. She turns to stone, she grows wings, and she covers her face in the angel pose, and that's the end of the episode. Just kidding. No, it's not. They roll the credits, but then they interrupt the credits. I don't know why. Drama. Um, Drama. Vinder is here. On Pais- playing yeah, Vinder's on Paisano. Um... And he is looking for Belle uh, and his beautiful as-of-yet-unborn child. Yeah, Namaka is here and says, Oh, I actually did see her, but she left a little while ago. Here, let me take you to what she left behind. And he takes him to this wall that has, like, a little projector thing that she shoved into it. Uh, And he says, Thank you. And Namaka says, Well, I, I didn't understand it at the time, but she saved my life, so thank her if you see her. Goodbye. Is Namaka and just on Paisano by himself now? I don't know if he has a ship. I think he just is by... He's got cool... I like this cool his cool clothes. He's just by himself with this cool outfit. Question. And, uh, uh-huh. Will we ever see this guy again? Almost certainly not. We're never I coming back so. to Planet Pisano. Um. So, Bell. We we watch the the recording that she made for Vinder if he shows up here. 
and she says, All right, I've only got one chance to record this. Don't know why. My hard drive's almost full. That's not that. That's <laughs> I not cannot what she uninstall says. this Overwatch that's, test yeah, thing. That's not what she says. That's me saying we have to cut it right now. No, I'm just kidding. I got two hours <laughs> left. It's amazing. But yeah, she says uh, there was a creature here abducting people with a passenger. Uh, I'm gonna keep the transponder blaring on my ship. So if you if you get the signal, come find me. I love you. Oh shit! The coordinates, and then it cuts off. Oh shit! I'm on a roller coaster right now. Ah! Oh shit! I forgot that I only have one chance to record this. Which I'm means in the Dalek sector. Oh no! And I only have five minutes to say the, the coordinates, and I need to start saying them now. So here I go. I'm going to say them. Okay. So okay. the <laughs> coordinates are as follows. But it's like when you're trying to find a recipe online, and it's like. When I was 11 years old, my mom, uh, when we would take our Christmas holidays to the Florida Keys. Top and- 10 pies. <laughs> All right, Vinder. This reminds now we're going to the, the frequently asked questions. <laughs> what is pie? You can Webster's substitute- Dictionary defines pie. <laughs> Coordinates are from the etymological origin. From I'm the- just saying, right here, right now, if I try to leave a voicemail for someone, it asks if I want to confirm it or if I want to re-record it. After Why does fl- technology get worse in the flux? After the flux, there was an it was a data crisis. There's no more storage. Every hard drive has Overwatch test on it. It's one of the things the Ravagers did to make sure that nobody could record any more podcasts. They're that fucked up and evil. I love that they're leaving audio logs for each other like a video game. Can they? <laughs> did she tell them to cut off the limbs? Like, <laughs> like, have I talked? Surely I've talked about Overwatch test on our podcast, right? Yes, I think we know? talked about okay. it like a okay. week or two ago. Okay, good. Uh, anyway, Vinder says I'm on my way, and then the credits resume, and that's the end of the episode for real. Next time on Flux. The Doctor is an angel. There's an ood. Dan and Yaz have apparently lived in the early 1900s for three years. A puppy dog man contacts the Lupari fleet. Azure and Swarm say that the time force is growing, just as planned. But most importantly, the old man from the mining tunnel that we saw in Once Upon mining Time tunnel. is here with Dan. This fucking minor talk dude. I think about, this is the guy from those TikToks, the dig talks, the, the, he's digging for his girlfriend. <laughs> and then right when they're just about to reach each other in the tunnel, he gives up and he turns around and she gets a pizza or whatever happens. My feelings about this episode... I'm not convinced that this was a good use of the Weeping Angels. And the reason that I feel that way is that I think the appeal of them as antagonists is that the concept is so dangerous and so scary that it makes it feel like near impossible to survive them. And this episode is like ratcheting up the tension and ratcheting up the tension. So I'm like, how are they going to get out of this one? How are they going to get out of this one? And then in the end, the way that they get out of this one is that the angels say... We actually were never going to kill you at all. We were never going to kill anybody. Yeah. I mean, they killed several people. Well, they they killed two people, and it's I the like worst people I like every time we see the Weeping Angels, we talk about how they're not living up to the ideals of the ideal Weeping Angel episode, which well, is the one episode. I, <laughs> we like. I will say, for the record, I liked Flesh and Stone a lot more than you did. Right. I think I disliked Flesh and Stone because I was so annoyed by Matt Smith Doctor in it. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a thing. But I think I think fundamentally the Weeping Angels in that episode worked for me. I they thought they worked in this one. I thought that this was like I th- a well. Fun... I think that they worked as 
enemies, but I think See, the that's story like my, didn't work for that's them. Like my, that's like, I think that this was a fun Weeping Angels episode that I'm not sure about how it fits into Flux, is my thoughts on it. I mean, I can see it kind of fitting in with the division and with the stuff with Bell. Um, but I'm, I'm like, I'm not sure like how this connects to P- Puppy Dog Man. Um, yeah, I think the, the Flux did nothing for the Weeping Angels, and the Weeping Angels did nothing for the Flux. But I still enjoyed my time watching this episode. I thought it was a good time. I thought it was a pretty, just a pretty fun watch. Um, so I'd probably give it. Uh, I don't know if I'd give it anything. I don't know if I'd give it past a C plus. Maybe I think I'll go. It's like a C plus plus or a B minus minus to me. It's like right in the middle. I'm gonna give it a B minus. I liked it. Okay, that's that's totally fair. For me, it's a C minus. I I thought it's it was a C minus. I thought that it was a decent watch, despite some brain hurting stuff that really bothered me. But I just was really frustrated with what it was doing in general. So I I I think the watching was fine, but the thinking about it was very bad for this me. This was not this was not an episode where talking about it made me realize of all the things I didn't like about it. I I still like this episode. I enjoy. Well, it. that's that's totally fine. And sometimes we don't agree on everything. So, yeah. Uh, this is probably. One I do of like to know that the Ood are in it next time. Yeah, I kind of. I've always. You know me. I always forget to watch the next time on. I they're being you were make, sophisticated slaves next. I time. I thought they were making. I thought you were making. You know, they're a complex slave race. <laughs> they got a lot going on. Was that what Ood was? The simple slave race, right? Basic slave race. Basic slave race. Uh, oh man, do we have any? Uh, I forgot. Flux is so different. I forgot we have companion awards to give out, but Yaz and Dan spent most of their time in 1901. Um, I don't so think so. Through, yeah, like, let's see. Uh, companion initiative, no. No. Um, Medal of Mickey, no. no Leela Cross, definitely not. Nobody got killed. Nobody did any stunts. Nobody did any sick stunts. Nobody did. Yeah, no. No, no awards this week. Any gold stars? Sorry, probably? hold on. Hmm? Didn't we invent a new award on our most recent uh classic recording we did but i don't remember what i it don't was remember what it was was. Like tur- was it like about turlo getting arrested no no no. our most recent one about planet of giants oh fuck what was it you're right was it like the ian chesterton fucker it was like fucker's folly oh or? i think it might have been the ian chesterton award for fucker's folly i don't know we'll have to well nobody we'll to... nobody has fucker's folly in this episode wait till wait, you... Go back and edit it, we'll we'll reassess, and then we'll reassess whether or not it deserves a place in our mainline pantheon of awards that all if of If you don't know what Fucker's get. Folly is, we'll explain it when someone has it. Uh, <laughs> I love Fucker's Folly so much. Okay. Um, which doctor, though? Oh, and no gold stars. No not gold even stars. for Dan. No. I give he Dan barely did anything! No, I give Dan a gold star just because I like Dan. And I'm happy to see him. I like Danny. He had nothing to do this week. Care. He failed the Yaz test, and so did Yaz. <laughs> the Yaz test is such an uh, I, it's such an often forgotten, but such an essential part of our show, I think. They okay. didn't do anything! They literally went back in time and did nothing. <laughs> yeah. Another reason that I didn't much appreciate this episode. Dan it's not even that I disliked Dan- it. It's that I just I just I'm just mad at it. I just I, had fun I just wish it was something it wasn't. I anyway. Had fun. Um, Dan chucked a stick. Gold star. Uh, which doctor though, Sam? Hmm. Jordan, I'm going. Yeah, I'm. I'm going for Donna's Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> Donna's Gambit. 
Donna's Gambit is over. We saw her in an episode. I I don't count it as over until she's a companion. <laughs> oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. And then, and then oh, I don't count it as over until we see all of her episodes. Uh, I'm going back for twelve C's. I'm, I'm still I well. I guess my thing is I don't know why Donna's Gambit ends when we see her on screen. To me, Donna's it Gambit, her- all it ever was was saying, "I want to see Donna." I want to see Donna, and we saw Donna. There she and was. right now, I want to see Donna. Donna's Gambit. So you want season? What is that? Season four. Season four, we've never seen it. 12 Z's. Bill, 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 Bill. Oh, Bill, all right. Oh! Oh! Wait, wait, did we do it? No, wait. No, hold this on. Is, wait, this is... Oh my god, I think this is the last... I think this is one of David Tennant's last episodes. Is this I'm part so one sorry. I saw number in series four, no, no, and no, no, I was no. like, let's no, no, fucking no, 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 no. go. No. Oh my god. Oh my god, this is the second to last David Tennant episode. <laughs> Holy shit. I think this one is crazy. I think this one's fucking crazy, dude. This is... Don't, oh wait, wait! Would that mean that this is the is this is this from Planet of the Don't go! Don't Wikipedia I'm not I'm not one. looking anything up because okay. I know that this is going to be important or whatever. I just want to I'm going to look at the spreadsheet. Okay, just to yeah place us. Yes, this is two episodes after Planet of the Dead. Oh my God! I can't. So we're going to be dealing with the Knox. This is a wait. This is the this is did we even say that this is the end of time part one? Yes, the end of time um, part one. Sorry, I don't think we said it. Which Hey Jordan. Um, yeah, which does have Donna in it. Look we, look at that. What does that show you? Uh this is the second to last episode of Doctor Who. Oh, it's a Christmas special! <laughs> it's, a Christmas, <laughs> it's a Christmas episode. Merry Christmas. Um I need to look up one thing. I need to check to make sure that the a thing happens in this episode that I think happens in this episode. Um <laughs> Let me just, uh, let me just But type. this is, this is Donna, right? I guess this I is don't Donna, know. This is Don, Donna's in this episode, um, and I am going to type, uh, no, I'm not gonna say anything about this episode, but there's a thing I've remembered that I was so fucking excited for you to see, and it happens in this episode. I am clapping my hands! What a good roll, what a good roll. Good job, computer. Thank you. I'll take Thank it. You. Uh, let's wrap this up. So wait, did Donna's Gambit actually work? Yes, Donna's Gambit did work. Congratulations. It worked in a really weird way that you're seeing. Yeah, I was uh, I was really thrown off because I saw the number four, then I saw that it's a 2009 special and not series four, and I was like, I don't oh, know, no Donna. I don't know, like, how much Donna is in this. I, I don't remember. I just Because know. he was alone in Planet of the Dead, so I was assuming... I still don't know. I'm still inclined to think that Donna dies... But I don't know. I, I mean, we we know that she's in the new episodes, right? Yeah, but so is fucking David Tennant. Well, David Tennant is a Time Lord. He can come back whenever he wants. I'm just saying some shit is happening. My point is that um, this is going to be a fucking wild, wild ride. Um, and we'll have a guest on it, yes? We will have a guest on it. What a... What a what, what a an episode role. for Giga to join us on. Yes, amazing. Oh my god. God, I hope the thing that I want to happen happens in this episode. I'll post is it. Is this the, the episode that made you cry? No, the next one's the one that made me. The next episode is the the last David Tennant episode is the first time a piece of media ever made me cry. <laughs> well, yeah. I hope I like it. I don't know if it's good. I just remember I'm being glad- a uh, I'm glad wild. that we're getting part one before we're getting yes, part two. I, I think that's merciful. Uh, though I do feel like this is probably kind of like, uh, kind of like, uh, what is, what is, uh, I was gonna say kind of like, uh, 
Army of Ghosts is like a convergence of a lot of disparate plot points that we didn't get to be witness to, but I think it might even be more than that. I think there's a lot of shit that, that we haven't seen because we haven't seen any of season four. Great. But uh, welcome to the show, Donna Noble, I guess. <laughs> Very exciting. I'm, I'm happy. Yahoo! Uh, let's, let's wrap this episode up. Um, thank you all very much for listening to Dr. Huh. You can find all of our episodes at noise. Uh, oh, we don't have a website, but at noisepace.xyz. <laughs> you and do this every week. I know. I always forget. It's always, almost like I should have this written down. Oh my we're God. on, uh, we're we're on Tumblr. On... At, I got it. We're on yeah, Tumblr yeah, yeah, yeah. at, at uh, com, and we're on co-host at Sam. No, you got it. <laughs> it's Dr. Huh, right? Yes. Okay. Just making sure because I'm on different. co-host at Positive Stress. It's still on hold until December, but you can listen to my other podcast, Sounds About Light. It's not like you took it are. off. It's like you took the RSS feed down. It's still there. It's always there. I'm. I'm just saying. There's not going to be new episodes for a little while. Yeah. I'm just. I'm just saying. Don't expect new episodes. Okay. But you we're can... we're in the middle of talking about Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance 3D. Because it's for the 3DS. Uh-huh. And Dream um, Drop Distance. You can find me on uh, uh, on kiwamibreakfast.tumblr.com. You can listen to uh, Kamurocho Radio, which is about Yakuza uh, series. We are on the uh, Kiryu section of uh, Yakuza 4, wherein Kiryu finds a book that says <laughs> $10 billion to police. <laughs> and it made me laugh so hard. Uh Oh, also, listen to our other shows that we did. I always forget we we uh, we don't usually tell people to. Listen to Kyle XY? I tell people to, and you tell people not to. I tell people not to listen to Jurgen, because I was like four four years old when we made it. Uh, but you should I, listen. I pulled up our second episode to hear our voices, and I was like, what the fuck? What the, what the fuck? Uh, but you should Jordan, listen to- Jordan, we're here to talk about the senior life in the oh, American yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. I don't like Ben very much. Oh, oh too, Mr. Cassetti. <laughs> fucking muscles and sunglasses. I love Kylex Y so much. Uh, the podcast, not the show's okay. Uh, <laughs> Sam, tell us about our Patreon that you can If you like our show, what you money. do, you can support us on patreon.com slash potting bros. One dollar a month gets you all of our bonus content from all of our podcasts that we've done up to this point, including Dr. Huh. We are currently, ooh, we, it won't be up until the week after this one goes up, but, is that right? Jesus Christ. I think that's right. <laughs> we have recorded our episode on the William Hartnell first Doctor serial, Planet of Giants. Well, our we next talk- bonus episode will be on the first Doctor serial, The Time Meddler. Well, we were talking about this episode, and we were talking about the Flux and the Time uh, Gremlins and the Weeping Angels, and they grabbed them, and the Quantum Law. I was just, I for just a moment, I didn't bring this up because... Sometimes I don't think it's super fair to talk about our, our paid content to our, our uh, regular listeners. But while we were talking about that, I was like, in my head, like, this is the same show as <laughs> William Hartnell, like, holding on to a giant, like, big comedy oversized match and trying to, like, <laughs> light a Kill Barbara with it. It's <laughs> like, this was a, the same show where a guy, one of the companions, climbed into a, a box of matches for no reason because he was and so won little. the inaugural Ian Chesterton Award for Fuckers Folly. I don't think that's what it was, but but we'll we'll I'm see. I'm pretty sure it was, but it's a, we'll find it's, out when I edit it. It's a very it's very funny. Anyway, uh, 
please, I I can't recommend. Our classic episodes are so fun to do. I love talking about them. I love watching old Doctor Who. It's so good. And someday we'll meet the sixth Doctor who's always tearing people He's apart. He's killing with their people. Hands. He's tearing them limb from limb. The uh, $1 also gets you a mildly special Discord role marking you as a friend of the show. $5 gets you a pretty special Discord role marking you as a companion of the show. And you can send us a message that we'll read in our funny voices like Dalek voice and Cyberman voice, Kyle XY voice, Ben Boykovich voice, Steppenwolf from the Snyder movies voice. We got all those voices. We'll say whatever you want in them if it's fine. And you also get a shout out in the podcast. $10 gets you all that plus an incredibly special Discord role marking you as an honorary member of House Misusa. We will clap for you when we shout you out. And you can listen to the podcast live while we record it, which, much like this episode, is in flux. <laughs> Thank you to our 5 and $10 subscribers. Cassidy, JCH, Roy, Stephanie Bolding, Stephanie Karen, Violet Magician, and House Me Souza, Destry Hawk, HK, and Sauceworks. Yeah! We're saluting you. Thank you as you take off in your magic flying bus. <laughs> Uh, we're hosted on noisepace.xyz where you can listen to other podcasts like Local Service Only, Zero to Zero, Pot of Greed, LMNOP, um, Slappers Only, Podcasting's Forbidden in the Cloud Recesses, and more. That's you know, the, Jordan? Yeah. There comes a time when you die. May your life flow like a river. Oh, okay. You're May your days smell either. sweet as a rose. May your nights be calm and still. As a pond. May you be as lucky as an ace in a game of blackjack, Harkness. Harkness. May Dan the nice man smile nicely upon you <laughs> from 1901. Do. May Clara make a clever souffle. I feel like we need to re- I feel like we need to retool that one. <laughs> uh-huh. I was never super into it. <laughs> I wasn't either, but I, I think it pissed you off when I said it the first time, so I kept it. May the doctor leave Billa Hell Whatever. Billa Hell alone. And may the doctor light your path. Through time. Don't blink. Excelsior. Dr. Dr. Blink. Blink.